Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. We're in our fall series called Live Well. As we look at biblical principles together, this series will help equip you to live well through the challenges we all face in life. Well, it's hard to believe, but I want to welcome you to the last week of this series that we have really enjoyed, where we've been talking about how to live well. I want to welcome those watching maybe at 1230, making room and making space for others, as well as all of you that are watching online. If you have your Bibles this week, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of John, the first chapter, John 1, we're going to start in verse 17 this week. We've looked at living well in multiple areas of our lives. You say, should we be talking about living well? Well, Jesus made a statement. He said, I came that you might have life and you might live it abundantly and live it in a full way, if you will. So Jesus is talking about this holistic life. He didn't say that we wouldn't have challenges, that we wouldn't have troubles along the way, but he did say in the midst of real life, everyday life, I have something available for you in who I am that will be different, that will walk you through life in a way that's very powerful. And so he said, I came, this, this life is available to you. And so we've looked at it in multiple ways. We've looked at it in our emotions, which is something that we don't talk about a lot in church. We've looked at it through transitions. We've looked at it as to why we live in a culture today where we're so stressed out. Many people struggling through stress because of the way we're doing life. We've looked at it in our relationships. We've talked about it in our money. We've talked about how we bring Jesus into our everyday. So we've been looking at that in multiple ways, and this week, I'm gonna make a strong statement. This week, we're gonna kinda tie it all together, and I wanna give you the number one key to living well. It's what ties it all together. One, one guy this week, I was telling him what I was preaching on, he said, well, shouldn't you have given that at first? No, I said, no, I'm gonna keep them coming back now, come on. The number one, we're saving the best for last, okay? And so we're gonna tie all of this together with the number one key to living well. Can you live well in every circumstance, in every season, and in every situation? I had to practice last weekend. Because last weekend was the annual moment, and if you've been here any time, I use this time of the year, I use this moment for group therapy. So just, this is for me. Last weekend, I had to preach all weekend. It's like 95 degrees in October, welcome to Texas. After preaching all weekend, I forgot that this was the day, the day on the calendar, the dreaded day for your pastor when after preaching, I'm looking for some bluebell and a comfortable seat to watch football. My wife said, it's time for family photos. And I said, I'm living well. She said, put on that jacket. You say, pastor, where do you get your jackets? I got it from the same place I got it in that moment. Do you see that jacket? Yes, ma'am, put that jacket on. That's where I get my jacket. I put it on. I go to the park. My kids have to come in from college. We go out into a park. There are families there. They have couches. They have living rooms set up. They've got lamps set up. There's all these photographers buzzing around. I put on my jacket. It's 95. I hate to be hot. 
We decide to bring the dog. We've done that for two years. We're adding people to the family photos. I'm trying to decrease. I said, can we this year just take a picture of the kids? You know, people will love seeing the kids. I don't need to be in the photo. But we're adding people. We're adding the dog. So the, they went and washed the dog at the wash your dog self-service car wash dog wash. Then they came home and blow dried him in my house. They used their blow dryer, they used a hairbrush that they use because the dog is part of the family. I don't care because I don't use hair dryers or combs. <laughs> the first thing when we show up for the family photo, the dog jumps in a mud puddle. He has leaves, he has stuff all over him. And then it just kind of continued from there. Someone passed me, they passed me. They said, Pastor Jeff, we heard you preaching about living well. I said, yeah, I'm doing it too, man. I'm living it right now, praise God. Well, it's kind of humorous, but it's life. You have something happen every single week that can steal the life from you. You have situations, you have circumstances, you have things going on, yet we love life-giving people, don't we? We love life-giving people, people that are able to get outside somehow of what they're facing and, and offer a little encouragement and a little life and a little brightness to our day. These are the people that you want on your team. These are the people that you want to work with. These are the people you wanna be around. These are the people you wanna introduce your friends with and these are the people you love to have fun with life-giving people. As much as we all want it, we ask the question, so where do they come from? Where do life-giving people come from? Are these people that are born that way? Are these people who just have more optimistic feeds on their social media that they just continue to absorb those? Are these people that have no problems, no challenges, and no circumstances, do these people just fall out of the sky? Where do these people come from? And if we all love those kind of people, why, why are there not more of them? Why is there not more of them and how could I be that? What would that even look like to be a life-giving person? Here's what I found. What I found in our context and our culture was so much available to us, more resources for many of us than our parents ever had, more opportunities, more experiences, more things that should give us a better life, a lot of times we struggle to live it. And I believe the key I'm talking to you about this weekend is part of the problem, if not the problem. Because what happens is when you try to make yourself a life-giving person, when you try to overcome those things, when you try, I use this with my kids, Having a good spirit, I talk about it a lot. Have a good spirit, why? Your attitude determines a lot in your life. Having a good spirit, but the problem is you can't give yourself a good spirit. You can't give it to yourself. You can't make it happen, you can't produce it, you can't perform enough, you can't make yourself this kind of person. And what happens is we think if we'll get enough plans, we'll control enough things, we'll put it all together, then life would come. The problem is many times it doesn't. And so what happens is we get mad at everybody else. It's everyone else's fault that I'm not living this life. And here's what I've heard from several people because a few weeks ago, a few months ago really, I preached on how a lot of us are mad at God. 
We're mad at God. And I've had people come up to me and say, Pastor, when you talked about us being mad with God and upset with God, and why did God do this, and where was God, I, I, I thought you were talking about me. Because I've been mad at God. I've been upset with God. Well, I want us to get a little help from the Word of God today to show us how God feels about us. It says this in John 1:17, for the law was given through Moses. We also live in a generation in a world today that wants to extract from the word of God the boundaries. When I talk about the number one key today, I'm not talking about a boundaryless life. For you see, the law that was given for Moses as he went up that mountain, those moral truths and those moral laws are still in play today. There were ceremonial things that were added to it. There are different practices and things we don't do, but the moral truth of our God is still present for us today. The change is not that God has removed all the standards, has removed all the boundaries, but he's changed the way that we live our lives and how we are able to actually walk those things out. The law was given through Moses, but here's how we live the life that God has intended. By the way, it's not love to remove the boundaries. It's not love to remove the standards. Because God loves us, he says, hey, don't, don't go there. Don't, 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 don't go there. Don't, don't go there, but look how we're able to do it. He says, here's how it happened. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth, interesting. Two words that you wouldn't think would be together. Two words that seem like, man, how can you be both of those? How, how can you be a life-giving, gracious person and still have standards? Is that even possible? Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And it shows us where life is really found. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father. He's, he's in the closest relationship with our God, and then it says he has made him known to us. He has removed the barriers between us and God who God is the source for us in life. He's the source in all the areas that we've been talking about. He's the game changer for life, and Jesus is the one who makes him known. I love John. See, his gospel was written later, so he doesn't just give us the facts. Here's what happened, here's what happened, here's what happened. No, no, John gives us a little more meaning to it. That's why I tell new Christians or people that haven't read the Bible to get in John because you see a little bit of the meaning. He was that one that was close to Jesus, and so he's saying to us, look, look, here's how you can experience this. You can experience God through the person of Jesus Christ. And so we wanna talk about, I think, I'm gonna weave both of these words, grace and truth, but I wanna focus on this word grace because I think it's easier for us to relate to the truth and we're gonna see how they work together, but I want us to talk about this word grace that comes to us from Jesus. It's more than just a word. It means, it's literally the word charis and it means gift. It's more than a church word. It's, it's more than just a famous song, Amazing Grace, How Sweet the Sound. It's more than a name we give our kids. My oldest daughter, it's her middle name. She was the firstborn, so we tested all our parenting skills on her and she needs that name. Come on, parents of children. It's more than a name. 
It's more than all of that. It's more than, as it's been described, unmerited favor, the favor of God. There's all kinds of ways God extends his grace to us. It's a gift to us. Did you know every single person, even the person who's antagonistic against God, who hates God today, they're living under his grace. Every good experience you have, every loving moment you have, every time you feel the generosity of God outside of your own stubbornness and your own selfishness, that's all because God is so good. He's so good even though it's cliche all the time. He just keeps saying, here's grace, here's more grace, here's my gift to you, here's how much I love you. And so the grace of God comes to us and yet, I don't want us to just make this theological. We could get into all kinds of theological words like common grace, that's what common grace is, that God gives it out to every single person in a unique way. We, we could talk about prevenient grace. We could have a big theological session here. But I really want us to look at it in a practical way because grace, it acts, it acts, it moves, it's real. You can experience it today. And so you say, okay, I've been waiting. What's the number one key to living well? Well, here's how I summed it up this week. I didn't get this from a book. People who live well receive from God what they can't produce themselves. They receive from God what they could never earn, produce, make happen, calendar, organize themselves. And they give to others what they're not expecting in return. They give to others what they don't deserve because they've so freely received so much from God. Let's talk about how that works in our lives. You know, there's some things we want, but because of who we are and because we don't know how to access this grace a lot of times, we end up in a place we don't really wanna be. What do we want and what do we want to be around? We wanna be around people who say, man, it looks like some challenges are here, but God's with us. Man, God's with us. I mean, it's not what I wanted, but God's with us. <laughs> if we're not careful, if we don't access grace, we end up at, where was God when this happened? Come on, we can get there real quick. We love to be around people. I love this. I just love people who think this way. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. You know, I have things. You think, well, you're just a preacher. Oh, man, I got things, man. Got a good friend dealing with the illness. I got family members dealing with the illness. I got problems, I got people that I love. I got people struggling, I care about people. Sometimes I wake up at night and I think about the burdens and the challenges and situations in life. But when you know about grace, it's gonna be okay. Now I'm not saying it'll be exactly like I want it, but it's gonna be okay. And I know the end of the story and ultimately we win even if it's all okay in eternity. It's gonna be okay. Where do we end up though in our world today? Generally negative. What do we want? I'm sorry. That's what we want. Man, I'm sorry. Sorry, I missed it there. I, I missed it quick. That's what we want. People that just go, man, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. We, we kind of got off track. That's what we want. Talking to a guy recently, it's like, man, he, he, he's, he's having trouble in his marriage and it's like he, he can pick apart everything wrong with her. But I said, do you want her to pick apart everything wrong with you? No, now I know I'm meddling at this point, don't tune me out. Where do we end up? It's not my fault. We, we want people who have a general stability. That's what we want. 
but we end up in erratic ups and downs. We, we want this. This is where we, where we say, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect, you know? Because many times we look at other people based on their performance, but we want everyone to look at us in terms of our intentions. No, nobody's perfect, but where we end up is we expect perfection from others. I was talking to a guy this last week and I said, he's just walking through some challenges and I told him, I said, I know what you're expecting from me. What you're expecting from me is to at some point say to you, you just can't get this and I'm gonna discard you. But you know what? The grace of God is available for you. And it ain't even about me. God loves you even though you're not getting it, even though you mess it up. The grace of God is there. I just want you to know, God's never gonna leave you. God's not gonna forsake you. And he started welling up with tears in his eyes and he said, that's different than any relationship I've ever experienced in my entire life. And I said, that's because God is different than any person that you've ever experienced in your life. The older we get, and the longer we walk with God, the more gracious we should become. I don't know if that's because his grace is working in our hearts or because what I've experienced is the longer you go in this thing, the more you realize there's a whole lot less you can control than you think. But see, our desire to control it, to fix it, to make it what we want it to be drives us away from the grace of God in our lives many times. I wanna talk about how does grace help us live well? How does the grace of God help us live well? Well, number one, it makes us right with God. We can't make ourselves right. And by the way, it's very important that we understand that we're a whole lot worse off without God than we actually think. That's very important. We're a whole lot, it's a lot worse than we think. We have a propensity to do way more than we thought we ever would. We're, very, we're not sort of slightly broken, we're completely broken and we're completely separated from God without God. That's where we start, that's our starting human condition. It's like this week, my wife came home to me and she said with her big eyes, and, honey, in full disclosure, like I was driving, I'm like, oh, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, 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 and like I said something to Lauren and the person in front of me, like I was moving and I don't know why they would stop while I'm moving and I hit them, honey. In full disclosure, I hit them. Okay, tell me more, tell me more. She said, but nothing was wrong. Nothing happened, it was all good. We got out, the guy was there. I was like, well, what was he driving? She said, like a F-250 Ford Texas truck with one of those big trailer hitches on the back. I'm thinking, it's worse than she thinks. <laughs> but we just bumped, honey, nothing, it's not all that bad, it's really good. Full disclosure, batting her eyes at me. <laughs> it's not bad, he said it was fine. I went outside, it's fine. Oh yeah, it's fine, except for that big dent in the front of it, it's perfectly okay. Come on now, we don't just bump into cars in my house, we have the problem you do. We could keep the iPhone screen guy in business. If you have that, just give us your business card. The little family will make your business profitable just by the number of iPhones that we break. My son lost one in a treadmill this week. <laughs> That 
That iPhone's such a good example because we were created in the image of God. We are loved by God and we are under his common grace, but that iPhone becomes unusable because it gets broken and it can't connect to the network. Can't connect. That's why this story that we just read, this message, Jesus is full of grace and truth, he goes on to live a sinless life. He goes on to live the life we could never live. He goes and hangs on a cross. You may, you may feel like, I don't deserve the grace of God. I don't deserve to have a relationship with God. You, you, don't, know, you don't know the message in life of Jesus if you have that perspective. Because he came for broken people. You go, why do we need to say we're broken? Because unless you know you're broken, you don't want to have a healer. Unless you know you're flawed and you don't know that you're lost, you don't want a savior. But when you know, man, I'm a broken iPhone that can't connect to the network, then you know this. He went to the cross and he paid the price and he said, it is finished and he rose from the dead and he's alive today and he wants to come have a real relationship with you and you can know God, you can know this all-powerful, gracious God through the person of Jesus Christ. He appears to his disciples. He ascends into heaven. He pours out his Holy Spirit. The first time this is preached, there were a group of people who said, and now what do we do? What do we do? You say, we don't have to do anything to be made right with God. Yes, you do. You have to receive the gift. You have to just receive the gift. That's all you have to do. All you have to do is open up your heart and say, I'll take that. I'll be made right with God. And you know, you say, what'll happen, Jeff? I've seen people respond in multiple ways. I've seen people just cry. I've seen people just say, Okay, I'll take that. I've seen all kinds of responses, but here's what I've seen in every single person. They receive an understanding that their guilt and their shame and their sin no longer defines them. They now become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and they now have access with God, and they change. If you haven't changed, you may have joined a religion, but you may not be saved. You may have joined the church, but you may not be saved because when Jesus comes to live in you, the grace of God comes and it begins working in your heart and changing you into who God's called you to be. Here's the second thing, it allows us to engage with God. You're like, Jeff, if God's the source and we need this grace, like how do we get it? How do we go, we have the right and ability now because we're his children. We've been made right, we can now engage with God. I love this verse of scripture in the book of Hebrews. This section of scripture talks about the living word of God. It talks about holding fast to our confession. If you, don't, if you don't know this about Jesus, this section of scripture says he's been tempted in the same areas that you've been tempted. He's walked through the same suffering, the same challenges. And at the end of that little section of scripture, it says, so let us come boldly to the throne of God. Boldly to the throne of our gracious God, where we will receive his mercy where we will find grace to help us when we need it most. You're like, Jeff, I, I need that grace, I need it, I need something outside of me. This may be the mindset change that you need is once you accept Jesus Christ, God now sees you through the lens of Jesus' perfect life, Jesus' sacrifice, his blood that was shed, and now get this, man, I don't know, man, God's busy. I don't know if God wants to talk to me. I don't know if I'm even worthy to talk to God. No, once you know you're a child of God, you march into the kitchen like my kids do. You open up the refrigerator and say, what's up in here? You don't feel like you don't belong. 
Because you're his child, and I don't mean with your reverence, but I mean you, you just walk in free, you walk in boldly, you walk in and say, here I am, Lord, I, I want to receive grace from you. I know that when we start, start talking about living well, you're like, you're a pastor, so you should talk about like reading the Bible, prayer, you know, you should talk about how, how to engage with God in these areas, worship. You know, those are, those are things, then practices that we participate in to receive his grace. But if you don't understand grace, you can miss all of those things. I love Megan's story. What happened with Megan? She experienced God. She experienced his grace, so then when she came to the scriptures, there's a passage of scripture where Jesus says, you come to the scriptures because you think it's in those information and those letters on the page only that you receive life, but you won't come to me. When you, when you come into the throne room of God and begin to have a relationship with God, you begin to read the Bible and it becomes life to you. It begins to change you experientially. Prayer becomes something totally different. It's a God you can access on a day-to-day -day basis. You can talk to him about what's going on. You can tell him about your frustrations. You can tell him, look, I'm struggling, God. I need your help today. And there's grace. There's grace that he'll pour out. You can talk to him. He's like, come on in, come on in the throne room of heaven with me. Sit down right there, Jeff. I got some things I wanna share with you. What a privilege, what a privilege. Worship, I know a lot of you, this is new. You come in here with singing songs and all this. What's the band, the lights, all that? We don't get it, why? Because Sunday morning a lot of times or Saturday night or whenever you come to church, you're starting over from the previous week. And you're like, man, oh man, I got that job thing and the kid thing and how are they doing? What about my friend and this and that and the song and you don't know how to go there. Can I encourage you with something? You'll get worship when you do it on a consistent basis. On a consistent basis, you go to the throne room of God. On a consistent basis, why? It's not about the gestures or like, I'll never raise my hand in church. You get enough problems, you might. You'll be like, I'm into it, see me, see me, me? What's even with the, holding your hand, Lord, I, I need you today. Oh Lord, I, I got this bowl right here ready for you to fill up. Go into that throne room. You know how to engage with God. He'll give you grace. Here's the third thing, it provides ongoing forgiveness and freedom in our lives. There's this ongoing work of forgiveness and freedom that comes to us. See, the truth is still the truth. We have a world today go, well, you know, let's just change all the truths and then we won't feel guilty. No, 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 no. Because those things have been stamped because you're created in God's image, you'll still have things you go, you know what, that's always gonna be wrong. Thou shalt not steal will always be wrong. And somebody that's been stolen from said, and thank God. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. If you're participating in sexual activity outside the confines of a man and a woman in holy matrimony, it'll always be wrong. That's always gonna be true. But what a lot of people don't know is, the way to see that as true and see that as loving is go to a grace-filled God who gives you the power to choose what he has that is best for you and trust him in it. 
It's when you go to him, he gives you the power to change. He changes how you see him. You, you begin to focus on him. You begin to get full of him. You begin to trust him. You're not saying, Lord, I wanna do all of this and I need you to come co-sign on it for me. Like I'm gonna buy all this trash. I'm gonna buy all this stuff that the devil wants to use to destroy my life. Would you come down and sign the note and co-sign all this trash? And God says, no. But, but I'll make a payment and pay all the debt for you. I'll have a different, different, whole different deal here if you wanna choose that. And it's the grace of God that empowers you, that changes you. And here's what happens when you walk with God. You look back and stuff's just falling off your life. It's just falling off your life. You're just, you're more loving, you're less selfish. You just, it just, it's the most amazing thing. You begin to find the freedom of God. And here's what makes it really cool. When you know how to access that God, and here's what I find a lot of times, we struggle in life because we're real hard on ourselves. It's not about a preacher being hard on you. It's not about the people around you being hard on you. We're really, really hard on ourselves. And so we don't know how to get over those things that we feel condemned. Our conscience condemns us. We don't know about verses like, but he's greater even than that. And he can heal our consciences. He can give us life. And so when you keep coming to him, you find freedom, you find grace, and here's when it becomes powerful. You then know how to give it to others. You, don't, you know how to give it to others. You know how to give it to any person. Remember, here's our thesis. The number one key to living well is you know how to receive from God what you can't produce and you know how to give to others what they would never expect from you. And they, say, they look at you and go, wow, that's like totally opposite than what I thought that I should receive. There's a story in the Bible where there's a guy who received a freedom from his debt that was an inordinate amount of money after getting freed from his debt, he went and choked another guy and demanded payment. And that was what happens to us if we don't understand grace. Jesus says it this way, freely you've received grace, freely you give grace. Even to those EGR people. Y'all know what those people are? Extra grace required people. You try to avoid them, they're not avoidable. You try to hide from them, you can't hide. They find you and you have extra grace. You go, where do you get that, Jeff? From God, from God. Extra grace required in multiple situations in our lives. And you say, but, but, but wait a minute, why is that important to living well? Because if you don't know how to receive it, what's going to happen? A family situation, a circumstance, something in your life, the enemy's gonna want to put a root of bitterness. This verse of scripture in Hebrews 12, see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. That no one falls short of what's available there and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. When we don't receive the grace and we don't give grace, then it's not those people who are hurt, but it's our own souls. It's our own lives. I wanna tell you this final story and pray for you. 
I, I tell, I've told this story, I, I tell it sometimes when I talk to churches or talk to pastors, I've told it here at Milestone. But it's, it's my story. And so I just wanna, when I thought about it this week, I thought, I look back at a moment where my life could look a lot different if I didn't understand what I'm telling you. I grew up in a Christian home. I, I grew up loved and valued and began to have some just lordship moments with God, by the way. Let me tell you, once you receive Jesus, you're gonna have moments where he goes, yeah, yeah, I wanna talk about that. Yeah, yeah, I, I wanna talk about that. And then and you just have those moments where you just keep coming back to the grace of God. I'd had a few of those moments and then some of you have heard my story, the first church that I pastored, it just, it didn't go that great. Now some of you are like, well that's a pastor thing. You have this too, you're going to have defining moments in your life where you're either gonna live and choose what I'm telling you or you're gonna choose the opposite. It just didn't go that well. And there were people who in the name of truth had no grace for the people in their community. They said, if you're that race, you can't come to our church. If you've had sin and you've done this, you can't come to our church. They thought they were honoring God because they understood some truths it's not true that anyone, everyone is welcome, everyone God loves, but I'm talking about even some of the moral things, they had some truths, and so they grabbed a hold of those, but they didn't understand the grace of God. They didn't really know God. And I found myself in a challenging situation. I mean, from a career standpoint, my college, my friends, my network, I ended up moving in with my in-laws for six months. And in that moment, my wife cried every day. I remember it now. And some of you who come to Milestone, you're like, man, it's warm, it's authentic, it's friendly, it's gracious. Now, I'm not making this about me, that's who you are. But I will tell you this, in that moment, years ago, all that could be a lot different if I did not respond the right way. Because everything in me wanted to say, I'm never getting close to people, I'm never connecting with people, I'm not gonna do this. I had every kind of hurt, every kind of bitterness could have got in there. How many of you know sometimes you look back, I'm talking about if you walk with God. You make the right choice and you realize, I didn't even know how to make the right choice. But the grace of God. The grace of God helped me make that choice. And I began to say, okay, look, Lord, I'm gonna lean into your grace. I'm gonna allow this to make in me a deeper well in you. And I'm gonna be more gracious and I'm gonna be more loving, not me, but you in me. And God will do that in you. And we all are gonna have even more of those moments where we can choose, you know what, I'm gonna double down. I'm gonna double down. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be gracious. I'm gonna let grace operate in my life. It's the key to living well. I wanna ask you this question, what if? What if that health thing you're walking through, you're like, I would never choose it. But Lord, grace is gonna carry me through. I'd never choose it, but I, I don't wanna be harder on the backside of it. I wanna be softer. What if that kid issue or that family issue, you said, Lord, I know your grace is gonna be sufficient in my weakness and I'm just gonna let this just push me up in that throne room. I'm just gonna keep coming to that throne room and I'm gonna have more grace in it. What if you had more grace for your spouse? What if you just had more grace? It's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay, I have grace for you. 
What if you had more grace for your kids? What if you just had more grace for them? I'm gonna tell you, as they get older, you know what they wanna hear from you? I didn't do it all right. I was just trying to do the best I could. May have got a little hard from time to time. I may have put a little thing on you to make me look better. Because you know, I'm human too, kids. I'm flawed. It's okay. Let's talk about it. Will you have grace for me? I have grace for you. I have grace for you. What if you had more grace for your kids? What if you had grace for the people that are talking about you? What if you just had grace for them? Just said, you know what? They're working with what they got. Some of you younger folks have more grace. I wish I could tell 21-year-old Jeff to have more grace. You have more grace for your parents when you realize they were working with what they had. They were doing the best they could. But see, that heals you. That heals you. What if? What if we got a hold of this overflowing, good, gracious God who's better to us than we deserve, who has poured out upon us forgiveness and grace and is unlimited? What if we tapped into that more? What if? You know what I think would happen? We'd live a whole lot better. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me. you're here today, you say, I didn't know that I didn't have to earn a relationship with God. I didn't know. I thought I had to check all the boxes. And what you're telling me, you're saying this Jesus came and paid it for me and died for me and loves me. Yes. You say, what do I have to do? Receive. Receive. All have fallen short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life. So you can, right where you are, say, Jesus, here I am. I surrender myself to you. I give myself to you. I believe you died for me, rose from the dead, come into my life and save me. If you prayed that prayer, Jesus now comes to live on the inside of you. And we have next steps. Maybe you wanna come forward, fill out the card. I encourage you to do something to let someone know immediately so that it's not, okay, that was just an emotional moment. But I I, I pray you would take a step because we wanna help you grow. But I wanna pray for all of us, all of us in this moment. Lord, we thank you today that you give us what we cannot produce on our own so that we can give others. Lord, show that to us by revelation so we can give to others what they would never expect from us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.